Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today with me, I have Ryan again. I'm back, and you can't keep me down. <laughs> Famous lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll die by those lines. <laughs> Still doing it. <laughs> and if you heard, we also got Nick with us, Captain Tangent. I'm going to tangent, tangent the shit out of this episode. Yes. <laughs> bye, bye, Captain. Help is only 140 million tangents away. <laughs> there you go. So we're on our way. <laughs> so from that line, I'm sure from reading the episode title two, we're going to be doing The Martian. It's 2015's Ridley Scott's The Martian. Uh, We won't be doing any movie news today, and we'll be doing mashups. We got a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a good amount. We got a good chunk. So don't worry, we'll fill the time up. So we'll have non-spoiler, then spoilers. But same thing as always, guys. If you haven't seen this movie, definitely go watch it. It's well worth it. Go watch it. Absolutely. (laughs) It took me this long. What is that? Same as here, yeah. Yeah. Four years to watch this movie. I forced forced this one upon you guys, and I feel good about it. I'm glad you did, yeah. (laughs) But... Same as always, even in non-spoilers, sometimes things slip out. So if you haven't seen it, trust me, just go watch it. Uh, but before we go all into that, let's go ahead and get Ryan's reaction. How'd you like this movie? Come on, Ryan. Come on, producer Ryan. Houston, we are a go. It's a winner. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited. Great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I had a fun time with it. I mean, I had a... It's I guess, 224, but did it feel like it? You know, not, not really. Yeah, I was about to say, time commitment is one of the major things that prevents me from watching movies. As once I sat down, I was pretty much glued to my seat. Mm-hmm. I was, I was really enjoying it, and I was deep into it. It's, uh, you know, ele- we'd say elevated horror sometimes on the show. Elevated science in this movie. Oh, it focuses elevated. on science and that uh-huh. human will. A little bit of what we saw in Captain Marvel. That's what I like about it. But it's so clean, and it's mm-hmm. such an easy watch, and like it's like the right type of blockbuster, mm. which is why. I wanted us to go through it. Oh, yeah. Plus, as we talked mm -hmm. about in Rotten Tomatoes, uh, we've seen the movies that have the skew between the audience and the critics. This one is... Simpatico, man. It's right. It's right down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's at a ninety-one percent audience score and ninety-one percent critic score. So right down the pipe, everybody loves it. (laughs) So Tyler, why don't you give us a rundown of the movie? Tell us about it. I mean, as far as we got Matt Damon or Matt Damon, however you say (laughs) it, cast away on Mars, right? Cast away on Mars a little bit. Yeah, well, there's a lot more. I was thinking about that as well. (laughs) Yeah, so cast away on Mars, right there. But this is a really good motivating story, just on overall, you know, human will. Human live. spirit, yeah. man. Yeah, and yeah. How man, all... tenacity and your ability to keep on pushing forward. In yeah. in one of the trailers, the tag is every human being has a basic human instinct to help each other out. Um, if a hiker gets lost in the mountains, people coordinate a search party. If an earthquake levels a city, the world sends up emergency supplies. The instinct is found in every culture without exception. Mm. And this mm-hmm. movie is so good at like bringing different cultures together, different people together for one thing. We want to save Mark Watney, man. Yeah. We want to bring him home. Yeah. Let's bring him home. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's hard not right, going to spoilers. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, well, we're gonna, I mean, it's called The Martian. Yeah. If you don't know, it was based on a uh, book by Andy Weir, who, and I'm telling you this because as a novice writer, Andy Weir was a software computer programmer, okay? He was not a writer. Mm-hmm. This was his first book. All he really did in his life was care about NASA, astronauts, mm. space, and science. Wasn't one, but wrote a book about it anyway. Tried to get the science right. It became like a real good airport novel. Amazon picked it up, uh, published it, sold millions of copies, immediately sold the film rights, and turned into a really good Drew Goddard script that turned into a great movie. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, with this movie, a lot rides on Matt Damon just because... It's him, majority of it. You know what I mean? By and I was worried about for a it. I'm a majority ride or die Matt Damon Boston guy, mm-hmm. but he, it's a lot of pressure on him. I thought it might fail because of that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, when you brought up the whole 
Castaway in Mars. I was thinking that same thing, especially for the first twenty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. It was only him, but I did like. Oh, it's a clean opening sequence. Yes, there. yes, and it's very quick. It Sets gets up right the rules to the point. right away. Yeah, right? yeah, and again, that's something that I love within movies. If they're able to do that, I don't have to ask the questions once the rules yeah. intersect. Right. But as I was saying, Matt Damon. It, he was in it for the first 20 minutes, but I do like when they cue back and forth to what's going on in mm-hmm. Earth. It has a really good feel to it, and that's what separates it from Castaway, because Castaway was literally just Just Tom, him. Tom and Hanks. a volleyball. Yeah, yeah. Yep. A very good volleyball. <laughs> yeah. just a volleyball. And, and what is that? Mark, uh, Mark Whitney's or Watney's? Mark Watney's. Watney, yeah, yeah, Mark Watney. Yeah, Mark Watney's Wilson was the hab computer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So, yeah. And, you know, I read the book. I know um, it's a real easy read, by the way. It's short um, and the word the words are big. The font is big. <laughs> yeah. So it works out for everybody. And it's a, one of those books that's time stamped. I know a lot of the blogs that I used to read in the very, very beginning when blogs were first coming out, they had those time stamp things that I really liked. This book is like that. Timestamp, he talks to the computer. Timestamp, you know, point by point, what's going on during the day at this time, how he gets from A to B. And the movie, I was worried when it came out, wasn't going to be able to really convey that. Mm-hmm. But they seamlessly put it in there with his, they changed the camera angle, they changed the. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, they had the filter yeah, over the filters the, on right. it. And he had put up, I think I saw in one of the, um, it's one of the uh, documentaries about the movie where he has GoPros everywhere on the set. So he's catching Mark, Matt Damon doing stuff, and he just decides what to use later in post. Mm, and okay. it works very, very well. It has yeah, a real vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. So. It feels pretty seamless and, and with it. And then Ryan and... talks about those filters where like, you see the filter from the NASA, how clean the NASA press room looks versus where he is on Mars. Mm-hmm. The sound, the noise, it's all a little oh, bit yeah. different. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But so if you guys don't know what the Martian is, essentially... Matt Damon, Mark Watney's character is stranded he's on Mars. Yes, he's a bar- mm. botanist. <laughs> and essentially, this is a movie about what's going to happen to him, how he struggles to survive, and ultimately, does he find his end on Mars or is he able to make it back on Earth? Right. I mean, I would say throughout the whole movie, you know, I never really got that actual sense of isolation compared to, you know, Castaway. Mm, and true, I think that's true. just because... A couple we, moments get yeah. there. Certainly when the, uh, you know, we'll get into, non-spo- uh, we'll get into spoilers later, but right. there's a couple heavy moments where yeah. it feels there. And then a couple conversations he, when the crew finally figures out oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. what's going on. There's some intense moments there. Yeah, too, oh yeah, right? absolutely. But, it, but because it's lighter than Castaway and mm-hmm. because the comedy is brilliant, yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't have the same heaviness feel. Mm-hmm. So, but I think like that's uh, the will to live. I've always thought like... Like um, smart asses would make good um, solitary confinement prisoners <laughs> because, like, if you're a smart ass, your brain's always rolling, you're always cracking jokes. I think that's part of the will to live. Uh-huh. You know? That's part of like make, keeping yourself sane. Andy Weir, the author of the book, is a self pronounced smart ass, and he's like, that's why I made him a smart ass. Right. I am one, <laughs> and you know, I'm alone and doing software programming all day, and I need to entertain myself. Right. So, and that and Matt Damon really carries that out. You know what I really liked about this movie? Those little breaks when he's talking into the computer. Mm-hmm. Are giving a little journal entry. They break up the tension well enough that it adds those comedy elements just peppered in. Yeah. And it also gives the audience some time to breathe and to digest everything that's going mm-hmm. on. Like the pacing is extraordinary. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh-huh. All the all the intense scenes are very to the point, quick, 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 and then they have a small section where they explain everything that's been going on or what happens so that way the audience can kind of 
really understand and digest. I don't. I don't have an engineer's mentality, um, but I work with engineers fre- infrequently, at least at work or frequently, depending on how much I like doing it. But <laughs> I'll say this: the problem-solving aspect of the movie is genius. Here's the problem. Let's fix it. Mm-hmm. Here's another uh, um, uh, issue. Now let's find a way to fix it one by one by one mm-hmm. by one. And I've never seen a movie lay it out so cleanly like this does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what makes you root for not just Watney but everybody around him too. Uh, the closest thing I saw uh, Apollo 13, the Ron Howard one. Yeah. I think it's my favorite Ron Howard movie actually, with Tom Hanks, Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon, Bill Paxton. When they have to figure out the air filter thing, and a bunch of NASA scientists throw a bunch of crap on the table. This is what they got, and now we got to figure this out. Right. There's some moments like that in this multiplied by like ten, you know, uh, because we know the people who are working on it. Mm-hmm. We meet Donald Glover, we meet Benedict Wong, we meet some of these other folks that are all involved in the process, and I really enjoyed it. It's so much fun to see a movie celebrate engineering, science, things like that. Things oh that we yeah. Should be yeah. And if all else fails, use duct tape. So, <laughs> <laughs> which he does. He's got it on the yeah. side. <laughs> if all and, is and such what, a good tool. I think they did that in Apollo 13 when, as well. They do. But, absolutely. Yeah, they exactly. Do. Yeah. Yeah. But he does it with gloves on. I have yeah. to give it to the man. I don't and, know if you've messed with tape with gloves. It's it's. It, it does a that nightmare. thing that happens when it gets stuck on itself <laughs> too. Yeah. And it's just like I hate that. Like, <laughs> I've seen it five times now. So full disclosure. And one of my favorite parts of the movie. Each time I see it, more and more and more. And it's a very soft spoiler. So I'll let it out to the crowd. The movie came out in 2015 when he almost goes outside without the helmet it's oh. this very quick and subtle oh, moment and he's okay. like at the very end when he's uh-huh. getting in the Mav I think to go to the, the thing to hit the launch he walks out and he's like oh shit and he turns around and he grabs his helmet oh my god I just love that part because you've been up there for how uh-huh. long it's such a human moment I know? have to disagree with you I thought that was a dumb moment oh, I, <laughs> I thought it was like something I would do I thought it was just a comedic moment <laughs> and I don't know maybe <laughs> I, I want to say that he was playing it up for the audience but who's watching him right I don't so, remember if it's in the book to tell you the truth I read the book so long ago I don't remember but I just thought it was genius filmmaking but with his routine on everything that he does every day you know they even talk about it he has to do these things in order for him to survive this one moment where he almost forgets to put on his helmet that didn't make sense to me after after everything he's been through that's yeah. what's gonna get him on yeah. so how'd you die I accidentally forgot to put my helmet on before I went into space and, and, and we, we didn't get into non-spoilers yet but that is how he dies he actually just goes on yeah there you <laughs> go, yeah. Without he just walks out with it. <laughs> so I mean, do you guys have anything left to say in non-spoilers? Because I think we just get into it. Yeah, you want to well, just get into? It or I just wanted to say that this movie does a really good job of investing the audience. Uh-huh. I mentioned it earlier. As soon as I started a movie, I was glued to my seat, and. I don't know what they did. Well, it's just really good storytelling. The pacing right. was well done, and it gets to the point. There's no moments that drag on that make me think, oh, I don't want to sit here right. for this. So that's why I really feel very invested in the movie, mm-hmm. and I see the emotions of the actors, and as they're going casting. through different you scenes. You know I love casting. Yeah, no, I really fell for it when mm-hmm. they have time to celebrate. How about the Winter Soldier? Pretty good performance yeah, by the Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the times that they celebrate... I'm celebrating the times that they're disheartened and and stressed. Uh I feel the same way. And it did a really good job of conveying that to me and I'm certain for the audience. Yeah, it definitely displays that emotional, you know, those those character emotions really well and what they're going through. With me, I just have a couple of pet peeves about the movie. I don't know, maybe you guys will, you kind of relate to it. Yeah, it's it's not 100%, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. It's 91%, I guess, to be more (laughs) on it. It's fine, I'm fine with that number. (laughs) There's a couple of pet peeves that really didn't work for me. Maybe you guys saw it 
highlight too. But uh, are you guys ready to go into spoilers? Let's, let's do it. All right, yeah, let's, let's do go. it. So my number one pet peeve with it is, you know, because they're on Mars and the team is working to get out of there because there's a storm coming in, right? Happens very yeah, fast. Yeah. 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 So the storm's coming in, so they have to get out of there. And Matt Damon is the one who's saying, no, let's go ahead and stay behind. Let's wait it out, all this. But of course, if that ship tips over, you yeah, know, they're done for. So. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You're stuck there. So... My bit, my one of my pet peeves is when they're walking out to abort it. He says, "Well, if we, you know, tie down this to communications, you know, the tower, it'll be able to support the ship." And because he stops moving, that's when he gets hit he gets by the hit. communications yeah. equipment yeah. and gets thrown through, you know, through the storm. And I was just like, "Okay, you're just not going to follow protocol. Why don't you just get out? <laughs> like, isn't that like a thing? You know, yeah, that yeah. you have emergency there, situation, you know, things like that." And I, I, I think it's a fair point, but I will say, uh, First Man came out not that long ago the Damien Chazelle Neil Armstrong mm-hmm. yeah, movie yeah, yeah. and actually what you find uh, and, and whether you think it's true or not I'm not totally sure this, the, the debate on this is uh, questionable uh, what Neil Armstrong did some of the choices he made to keep that moon landing a go were questionable okay. so at the end of the day uh, part of the part of who these astronauts are are we want to be in space this right. is what we do and we're mission first so and I understand yeah. that it takes- and you see it with the commander just Jessica Chastain mm-hmm. has to make the hard calls whereas everybody else doesn't yeah. necessarily really have to make yeah, it. Yeah, and right. it takes a lot of time and money and effort. And that's something that I really liked about this movie and I didn't like at the same time is they were able to go through each day, the soul, whatever. And A soul is a Mars day. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what the math is. Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. Neither do I. But mm. at the same time, it makes it seem like it's very quick pace that oh this is happening this happening this happening but this is stretched over a long long period of time one of the best movies i've seen that stretches it out so cleanly um and the little noise that blinks up on the screen soul 122 soul you know 227 soul 461 it was it was what a year and a half is that that what he said yeah Yeah. so uh, i thought you were going to say that they already had a MAV on the planet of Mars. Oh. Why was that MAV not affected by the storm? Why right. was that tipped over? <laughs> they, they were could planning be. on keeping yeah. that there for four mm-hmm. years or whatever. At any point, there could have been a major storm that would have tipped it over. I mean, over. the storm was just... It was a plot device, you know. What I mean, yeah, get, yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah. it, that's what it was. And, and, and actually, the science on that is one of the few mm-hmm. things that doesn't check out. Mm-hmm. Mars does not have winds that high because the atmosphere in it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so uh. you know, it, even though we gush about these movies, audience, uh-huh. we're still gonna nitpick, yeah, we're still gonna find and stuff. We're gonna find something that we don't <laughs> like. And there were some things. Well, that, well right. I'll tell you what I do like. I remember Total Recall, the Schwarzenegger movie. Anybody see that movie? Uh-huh. Where like when his he's on Mars and the mass cracks and his eyeballs get super super big. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really bad special effects. That does not happen. Uh, as you see in the mm-hmm. movie, when the pressure you lose pressure in your suit, you get about a minute or so to uh, stabilize pressure, and your face doesn't like immediately explode yeah, or anything. Yeah. I well, always sort of uh-huh. thought that was true. <laughs> you like to be Hollywood, totally yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at, at least the science they made an effort to make it clean. Right. In in the very beginning, can we talk about that that surgery scene though? I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Love mm-hmm. it. it was really good. Yeah. yeah. You were talking about the that staples. There, Ooh. there's there's <laughs> moments where you could really feel the isolation yeah. and when it starts to sit in on him he's going through a, a an emergency situation he needs to pull out this antenna right. and then he literally digs into this hole in oh, his abdomen so that yeah. he, he does out. the uh, morphine <laughs> first and then he goes in there but it's yeah. so brutal and by the way for the audience what happens is they're on Mars storm comes in abort is the decision to abort by Jessica Chastain's uh, Melissa Lewis Commander Lewis uh, she makes that call they quickly get back to the ship to take off to meet their rendezvous with uh, 
I forget what the name of that big ship is. Up oh, there. the Hermes. The Hermes. The Hermes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great <laughs> name. Yeah, so, so smart. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, what he does is he gets knocked off course by like a, a satellite that digs into his body, mm-hmm. turns yeah. off his calm, and it seals. The reason he stays alive is because the blood and the, yep. and the scar yeah, and just seal congeals the, in. But yeah. with that scene, it was just really good of setting that tone of mm-hmm. it's an emergency and he's just trying to survive. And then all of a sudden, it just sets in that right. he is alone. And you have that sense of isolation. And all throughout that, there's no dialogue. Uh-huh. It's just screaming and heavy breathing. And Matt Damon, he does a really so, good yeah, job yeah. in acting that and all I, out. It's yeah. one of those things I, I'm, I'm going to spoil that a little later on. I'm not the biggest Ridley Scott guy, yeah. actually. <laughs> and I never have been, and I've made arguments before. He does such a good job in this movie. And again, like you said, uh, Producer Ryan, that quietness in those first few moments when he's isolated is super genius yeah. and super yeah. well played. What made me cringe a little bit is when he wakes up and I'm just like, oh man, get inside there. Get inside. I agree. Get the the oh yeah, Don't look yeah. Or anything. Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> when he walks up and he moves and he's still yeah. connected to the oh, dish. I was like, oh, yeah. That got me. I was like, oh, I was like, come on now. Like, <laughs> and that's why you need to be prepared. You have yeah. pliers with you. You have exactly. tape with you. <laughs> it's funny. Ridley Scott did uh, Black Hawk Down. He did White Squall. Those are the, the ones that I like. You know, he obviously did Gladiator and Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the when he focuses more on reality, I, I like him a lot more. Right. He's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is overall, I would say, a grounded film. I mean, some of the things are, I get Alino obviously a little more far fetched. But it's not based on nobody's on Mars, guys. So let's hope that we know of. So, but Anybody see the crappy Val Kilmer. Uh, what's that movie about Mars? There's a uh, planet. Planet Mars or something Planet like Mars. that. I don't it's know. It's really bad. Really whatever I'll, it is. I'll look but, it up here. But in a yeah, yeah, look it up. Yeah, that's a terrible. A lot of bad Mars movies out there. Actually, <laughs> this is a good one. So. Is, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really good one. Yeah. I mean, there's certain points. Uh, back to the isolation. There's certain points where it does feel isolated. But I feel whenever he speaks into the camera and he does his daily journals recording. That's what makes it feel less isolated. But I think that's what keeps him sane, too. Yeah. Being able to yes, talk course, to yes. something. You, you would know do what the I mean? same thing. Yeah. yeah. And he, I like it in the beginning how he says, nobody may ever hear this. Nobody may ever see this. And it evolves into now we have to establish communication. Now we have to mm-hmm. solve problems, et cetera, et cetera. I like that where he's pacing around in there. You know, he just patched himself up. He's moving mm-hmm. around. And then he just stops. And he's just, I'm not going to die here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. just from that point on, whenever problems happen, but, it's to solve them. So, so out of you guys... Would you have given up? I mean, what can you do? You can't give up. I mean, (laughs) you have food, you have water, you might as well not give up. Yeah, that's true. But then he had the tenacity to set up and build the... He made efforts to survive. He even took rations and all that. He cut his food where he needed it to be. I mean, the beginning is just him. Then he's managed by what NASA is trying to do. True, true. But okay, before communication with NASA, if you were in that situation, would you say, oh, this is it? I'd like to think I would absolutely keep fighting because the Mm -hmm. will to live is strongest when it's actually real. It's there. (laughs) Right. So, but I will also say, and it talks about it in the movie toward the end when he's like did I think I was going to die that's the question I get that's most common of course I did but you can either linger on that or you can get to work right and I think that that's the human spirit again Mm -hmm. they tried to make that point in Captain Marvel it's not as profound as this this really nails Mm -hmm. that and it's uh, that's what's motivating that story see with that last speech it was a good message. It was a terrible speech. <laughs> <laughs> now, with back what you're saying, the tenacity to live through it, 
I would try to live through it. Would I have the skills to do it? Absolutely not. No. I would probably be dead by soul, whatever. That's, you know, that's yeah, the funny yeah. part about it when he's like, luckily, I'm a botanist. Yeah. You know, when Michael Pena is making fun of him early on, um, what's his name? Uh, Rick Martinez. Yes, yes. I love that banter in the very beginning. Sets up the rules, right? This is a family. They like each other. They yeah, make yeah. fun of each other. And then later on, uh, you know, he his botany comes into play. He's first mm-hmm. made fun of for being the only astronaut that's a botanist. Then, obviously, it's part of what keeps him alive. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, growing those potatoes. So yeah, you get into it. Yeah, he grows the potatoes. You get the jokes about colonizing Mars and the space pirate Uh and all this stuff. All that stuff is so clever. Those are great. Uh And again, it's those nice little breaks that kind of pull the audience a little back so that they can think about what's really going on. And they add the little bits of comedy. And that's something that I was thinking about when we did the 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 Star Trek episode mm-hmm. or we did the Us episode where there's needs to be a balance between the comedy and the tension. Right. And I think it does it well because they have these little segment breaks. It doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem that they have to put it in mm-hmm. immediately inside of a, a scene with all this tension. It lets the tension linger and lets the audience kind of process it all. And then it softens the mood, which why I think it works so well. And I think because they juxtaposition the Mars versus what's going on with uh, NASA and a uh, great performance by Jeff Daniels, Teddy Sanders, the director oh, yeah. of NASA. Yeah. Chew, uh, Chewy Telly Gia 4 from uh, Doctor Strange fame. We mention that in every podcast. <laughs> uh, he's got a great role. Uh, so I think like the, w- when they go back and forth, it keeps it moving so well. And I, it's weird because, again, Ridley Scott, I'm not the biggest fan, although he's made a lot of really good movies. Drew Goddard wrote it. Drew Goddard was connected multiple mm. times to Spider-Man. Okay. And he wrote the Sinister or six movie that failed with the Andrew Garfield universe, right? He's still working on that. And the reason he doesn't direct this, the only reason he doesn't direct this is because he's in development limbo with those particular movies. That's why just by sheer luck, Ridley Scott gets a directed. And by the way, Prometheus didn't do so well. Mm -hmm. He's working on Prometheus 2. The studio's a little bit, I'm not so sure about Prometheus 2, which of course we eventually see as Alien Covenant. That's the only reason his schedule opens up. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. I like the story. It's good. Yeah. And they put it all together right away. Mm -hmm. So, it's a, it's a weird, you know, Hollywood has a weird way of developing these things and getting them out there, but sometimes it all works out in the end. And I think this is his perfect match. This Goddard script with a Ridley Scott direction with a nice lead by uh, Matt Damon makes, you know, what I think is Lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when I saw uh, Jeff Daniels on the screen, I thought, oh, it's Dumb and Dumber. Dumb, yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if anybody's got the Blu-ray, the gag reel has Jeff Daniels doing some funny jokes. Oh, okay. So that, all right. That That's dope. <laughs> he's kind of a... He's kind of a dick in this one. Like, he's so you know, good. Right? Is it just yeah. me? Or, yeah, he's... Uh, well, actually, he's Vincent Kapoor, which is the Chiwetel Ejiofor character, also a little uh-huh. bit of a dick. Sean Bean from Game of Thrones, he's the only one that, like, I'm like, I relate to that guy. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's the, he, where they say it's not bigger than one person, and he's like, yeah, actually, it's about one person, and of mm-hmm. course, that's what we would do. You leave it up to the uh, the crew to go and save them if they want to. Did yeah. you like that Lord of the Rings reference they threw yeah, in there, too? The genius of that is Sean Bean is in Lord of the Rings, and yeah, 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 definitely. Come on, man, that's good writing. So no, it's the it, second it, time. It was, it was. You, you ruined the subtlety. And, Nick. Yeah, and they play it. They play it so well with. That's what I. That's what I do. Uh, Kristen Wick comes in and is just like, I hate all of you. It's a great nerd versus. And, yeah, uh, yeah. What was it Benedict Wong? He had to explain what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't a, know what that is because like, it's yeah. a secret meeting. You know, like, I love that. But no, I understand though. With Terry Sanders and Vincent Kapoor, yeah. That, 
Well, these are the things that they have to do. They have to make the hard decisions. And when it comes down to it, they each even, one is at a different level. Yeah, yeah. So the director a, has to make a different decision and the scientist and the commi- whatever um, Sean Bean's Mitch Henderson job is. But going back to within the movie, they talk about they have a plan to have Hermes go and pick up uh, Matt Damon's character. Right. And this is the Rich Purnell part, which I'd like to get into specifically because it reminds me of the social network when Justin Timberlake shows up, when Donald Glover shows up. Uh-huh. He just kind of steals a couple scenes, changes the tone a little bit, and then we get this crazy Rich Par- Parnell maneuver. But but in that situation, he literally weighs it out. He's saying, "Am I going to have risk the lives? Yeah, of risk the lives of healthy si- people versus was to it save eight one. or six? Uh, six, I think six, it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. Six. So six people as opposed to saving one. Right. He has to make that decision. And I understand. He would rather that. T- mm-hmm. at least in that moment, that I'm like, okay, I get it. Survive. Yeah, I, and actually, Sean Bean's Mitch Henderson seems reckless by saying, oh, "No, no, no, no! If they want to go get him, they should be able to go get him." Right, and you see both sides of it, and that's not easy to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think credit to the writer and credit to Ridley Scott mm-hmm. for letting them actually hash it out and given not editing it out. Maybe that's why we go a little over two twenty. You know, <laughs> this I thought it was two hours, but it's a little bit over that. Uh, but again, it's valuable. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a scene that I would take out here that felt fat to me mm-hmm. in terms of the editing and, and the construction of the movie. I wanted to know about all those characters even the Mackenzie Davis Mindy Park character you see her she's the one who initially sees the picture of the rover being moved that's how they find out Watney's still alive on Mars we see her character develop Teddy Sanders says you get to be you have a full control now over the over the camera that focuses on that area and then at the end you see her in the uh, control room so she has moved up essentially Mm -hmm. uh, within the NASA ranks and that's a nice piece to put in a movie like this now Childish Gambino's demonstration when he does that that didn't really work for me Oh, it felt yeah. so, it, it, it felt so it. out of... Uh, there's, a little, there's a little nod there. When you first meet Dan, uh-huh. uh, Donald Glover, he trips. Yeah. And that is actually not in the script, but oh. they liked it so much they kept it they in the movie, it in and there. I love uh-huh. that part. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I understand how his personality yeah. is in the it's movie. It's just generic boy genius stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, <laughs> yeah again, if you have the Blu-ray, there's a, there's a bunch of little docuseries on there. It's like the Ares 3... Um, farewell. Uh, one called the right stuff. Uh, one is called uh, what is it called? Refocused. Aries three refocused. And uh, in all those parts, you actually get a little bit more Rich Purnell, which kind of mm-hmm. flushes it out a little bit better. Um, but I like his character. I mm-hmm. like that there's that shift when he shows up, and you, and they don't overdo it. He's not in a lot. Yeah. And even at the end, when he, he, he comes in the room, and they're like, "Come on in," and he's like, "No, no, no, no. That's not who I am. I'm going to lean back a little bit." I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and then they say that the Rich Parnell is a steely-eyed missile man uh, because they obviously Sean Bean steals that plan, um, secretly delivers it to the crew mm-hmm. against Teddy Sanders' order, which is some of the human drama at the, uh, down on Earth. Uh, some of that is smart. It's so well done. And he, his weird character plays into how something like that could happen, I think. I mean, Where some weird, only uh-huh. a crazy astrophysicist who does numbers all day long could come up with something so off the wall. Right. To think of something that crazy. I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I just felt it was very, it's generic boy genius stuff. Mm, you yeah. throw him in a room that's, you know, messy. You got math equations on the back. Yeah, He's yeah. He's around people, drinks coffee, and then makes a really weird demonstration he could have just done on a whiteboard. I've seen, and- it, before. <laughs> I've seen it before in movies. Again, the Justin Timberlake part in the Facebook movie, The Social Network, when he's like, don't call it the Facebook, just call it Facebook. I remember thinking like, eh, what, is that so profound? But actually, in real life, it is kind of profound. Yeah, yeah, it's all it about out. marketing, man. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it works 
works better here than in some other uh, uh, some other films that do it. So I, I'd like to bring up some of my favorite scenes yeah. in this movie. The, the the scenes that, as I said, I was very invested in when he first does the experiment for the potatoes, or when he's getting the water, right? Right, and it's great, man. Yeah, no, and <laughs> it shows his genius. first of all the cross, the wood cross, the nice yes. little nod there. I like that, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's so that he has some sort of hope, and then that's the where the hope he's getting it from. <laughs> <laughs> Who so, thought uh, Christianity? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I blew myself up. You know, like there's so there's there's so ge- there's so genius in how they they lay it out so cleanly. But but that scene though, when he gets the fire going, and then builds, or when he gets the fire going, he gives out an exclamation like "Woo, yeah!" yeah. and it <laughs> explodes. And it was good. It was funny. It was hilarious. Right. I thought it thought it worked really well. And I wanted him to succeed. That mm-hmm. as I was sitting there, as I was watching him, and when he does, I was happy for him. It explodes. He laughs it off. He makes jokes about it in this thing, and then he continues forward. I felt that. It was great. And again, how they move the story along with the solution. I got the problem. I come up with the solution. Mm-hmm. I run the test. Test doesn't work out. Then I hit the camera and talk about it. It's just so clean in how they lay yeah. it out. Yeah. And I love how he says, uh, I need water. Luckily, I know what it is. It's hydro- hydrogen. What is it? H2O, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Hydrogen. 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 Whatever yeah. it is. Like, but if they lay it out for the audience. Like, it we're took talking you about a long time to get to that. <laughs> I'm saying, like, we're talking about science in a blockbuster movie. You don't see them talking about H2O and the elements in Transformer movies. Yeah, this yeah. one is giving uh-huh. it to you. So it's kind of inspiring. What got me was uh, when he blows up again the second time. Oh, yeah. His potatoes, all of it dies. Yeah, yeah. That was you felt, I thought it was heartbreaking. And you yeah. felt sad. Yeah. You're like, oh, I thought it was crap. heartbreaking. And just that night when he's in there and he doesn't have his helmet on and he just has just that screaming. that screen on there yeah. and it's just knocking against there. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> but that was a moment that I didn't like. The foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Right before they had the scene with the team talking about how, oh, he has enough food that will last him until, what, Soul like 600 force. or something. Oh, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And yeah. then we're going to send him a supply a supply at 700 or something around there. Right. And he said, I don't, I don't like that. It, it, Cutting it too it's thin. It's the margin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's too thin. Yeah. And, and then he says that uh, hopefully everything goes well or along those lines and boom, foreshadowing. Yeah. That's the next scene. Something that was the happens. one I didn't and, think worked totally well when mm-hmm. that particular mission goes uh, goes awry. But what I like about it, and it's true to the book because it does occur in the book, is that what, that's what leads to the China connection, mm-hmm. which in the book plays a big role. And I think it's such an important part of the movie that China has a secret uh, rocket system, rocket booster mm-hmm. that nobody knows about. They could use it. They could help. They choose to help. And then you have those funny scenes where Sean Bean goes to China at their rocket launch and they're like, we haven't done this since 1995 like this. You guys are killing me. Like, yeah. But but two nations working together for yes, the common yes. goal. Mm-hmm. Who cares that he's American? He, we're trying to save somebody. I like it. It's a, yeah, yeah, Rarely does something inspiring like that work so Unification well. Unification yeah. and peace yeah. and all that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing that I was a little another pet peeve was with Jeff Daniels' character and then Sean Bean. Because this is after Sean Bean sends the cryptic message yes, to the astronauts. Yes. And then they decide to take things in their own hands to go save Right. Uh, so the Matt options Damon. are, for for those who haven't seen it, by the way, pause, go see it and get back to us. Uh, the the ship, the options are we he stays on there till the next mission, yep. which is like 600 souls or something like that. Versus the Rich Purnell idea, which mm-hmm. is the crew's already on their way back that left Mark Watney. They slingshot around the Earth by themselves about 100 days or so. So yeah, and they go get him a little sooner. Yeah. Right. So his chances of survival and they go pick up. up a food drop Correct. on or yeah. any they supplies. They pick up the Chinese supplies. supply rocket, yeah, or the second rocket on yeah. the way. What got me was, um, you know, Jeff Daniels is kind of going at Sean Bean for yeah. disobeying this direct order. The, and I'm just like Jeff Daniels, you just ignored a safety inspection, which <laughs> blew up the rocket ship. And he said it, it was 
it's on him. And it's yeah. like, it's, yeah. yeah. But what, how do you what, not get thrown out of your job for that? You know, <laughs> as a novice screenwriter, I know like on the page, he failed the first time he took a risk. Now he's not going to do it yeah. by saying, no, we're not going to, we're just going to send the supply rocket to Mark and we're not going to risk the rest of those six guys. I, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the page, it does make some logical sense, but in the movie, eh, it does yeah. feel a little inconsistent. Got, that's why you have safety inspections. Like, you know, <laughs> I thought that was crazy. Like you got to do some inspections. Yeah, something, yeah. You have to, you have to, something has to give, you know, you have to mm-hmm. slice off some time here and there, shave off what yeah. you can. And he thought he was making the good call and it was a risk. It was a risk. And he took it. He, he lost. Right. And then why he, and there's he, that great moment where Watney is in the Mav and he is texting because now they've developed communications between him and NASA. And he asks, uh, "Should we tell you, Geofor, is Vincent Kapoor? How did the launch go?" Yeah, yeah. and they don't even. Oh, yeah. That's when they don't even talk about it. The next scene is him asking Commander Lewis, "Hey, if something goes bad, can you tell my parents I love them?" And I which like, that was a very and it's emotional, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. In yeah. the book, there is a subplot about a wife. Uh, they cut it out, and, and rarely do I agree with some of the choices when they edit these books down. I think it's a good choice to leave the wife out um, just because it keeps the story moving cleanly. Mm. This way he mentions his parents a couple times. Um, I actually think this is a rare case where the movie is more fun than the book, mm. which is rare for me. Um, but I like the way they edited it. Very loose. It was very true to what the book was, but they edited quite a bit out. We're talking about good scenes. What about the scene when they're trying to figure out what is he doing? Where is he going? And he wants to establish mm-hmm. communication back on Earth. So he goes and finds Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And, and looks pretty good. <laughs> that, that realization, though, it was great. Where he's like, where is he going? Hexadecimals, another scientific. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. All Only that, nerds would know that, right? I, I got super excited. <laughs> oh, where is he going? Go find a map. Uh, and then he I love how yeah, when he goes to the cafeteria and he pulls yeah, it off yeah. the wall. Right. And he's like, what are you doing? And he takes the, the permanent marker on it. Like, that's genius. Yeah, no. And again, Mackenzie Pierce scene. on the side there, or I'm sorry, Mackenzie Davis, uh, she has a great little side character role there. Mm. They took the time to develop those side characters mm-hmm. enough. You know, maybe we have some quibble with the Donald Glover one, but everybody right. else is fantastic. The Kate Mara, Sebastian Stan, little romance. Mm-hmm. The uh, Russian guy, um, uh, Axel Henny, who plays Alex Vogel. And he's got a great one where he has the stuff with his kids. Obviously, Michael Pena's great in it. Uh, Jessica Chastain's great. Everybody he gets a little just enough even though it's centered around mm. that day. everybody gets their little time to shine so. <laughs> <laughs> but th- what I was getting at is that these moments of success and these breakthroughs it makes the audience feel good and mm-hmm. they do it really well it's a regular blockbuster right so the weird thing about this movie is I like a certain type of movie and I'm sure the more appearances Tyler lets me do on this podcast the more you'll get to that this is such a straightforward blockbuster I was surprised mm-hmm. how much I liked it it feels so clean and it's a basic script with a basic premise with a basic protagonist and a basic outcome but it's done so well that like it's one of those rare movies where everything came together the right way mm-hmm. I wish we could shoot for that more often with some of these other films that we make you know, I remember Pearl Harbor some of these other movies I mm-hmm. try the same uh, functions to a certain extent the same basic first second third act protagonist and, and, a, and a decent outcome uh, they don't work the same way and, and again you have to get the casting right you have to get the chemistry right you have to get the story right i thought this one nails it yeah once again lightning lightning in a bottle lightning and in a bottle, also right? too you know because it's such a nice ride and it's such a and you know it's one of those stories where it's all about the journey 
I think a lot of times, even me, I'm just willing to overlook the whole storm thing and just a couple of those other kind of pet peeve moments. There were, there were, the Donald uh, Glover, supposedly you know, they workshopped some other ideas onto the uh, storm that was more scientifically logical uh-huh. on how Watney would get separated from the rest of the crew, but they were all nonsensical and they would have taken too long. So yeah, Scott was yeah. like, I don't give a shit. This is the one thing we're going to yeah. take liberty on. Let's do it. And, and cinematically, it does work. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. and it's all right because honestly, the audience... I don't think because I didn't even think about that. Maybe when you look into it deeper and you do a little bit of research, then you'd see, oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But for the audience, you just they 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 establish rules and then they just roll with it. And then you don't ask these questions only until Mm -hmm. it really like clicks. Now, apparently you can live on potatoes every single day. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> that and, was another thing. <laughs> and he was really going liberal with that ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> you, I was like, we didn't talk about ketchup, this. We talked about the funny parts when he dips it in the Vicodin and he's oh. like, it's been four days since I ran out of ketchup. Yeah, yeah. That's a great moment, oh, man. I love yeah. that shit. Why wouldn't you spare your ketchup? That's like such an essential. <laughs> yeah, you got to ration the ketchup. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Couple I'm surprised drops. <laughs> all, all that's in the uh, life package they're sending him is just ketchup. Like, <laughs> can, I, can I mention the anti-grav in this? movie it looks terrible it doesn't look good uh, it, on the, the visuals show, on the Hermes, though, i thought it looked no, okay no the, the visuals look great yeah, yeah they, mars looks amazing yeah <laughs> beautiful and yeah. The, the the props and then the sets they look great but the anti-grav when they first introduce it when they're in the space station it looks really weird after mm-hmm. a while after you see it throughout the last half of the movie then you get used to it mm-hmm. but when you first see it it's so bad. <laughs> and that's the first thing that I thought when I saw it. Now, something with this movie, I guess you could say it's another pet peeve, where um, as the movie continues, when Matt Damon's doing all the science stuff, you know, it works out. I'm fine with it and everything. But as it continues towards the end, when the science or when the other astronauts are starting to science it up, too, it starts feeling a little more far-fetched. I don't know if the you guys got that impression, too. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. right. Now, I it, do like the part where Benedict Wong's character, he gets a nice go in this, uh-huh. uh, where they talk about, we're going to have to make the MAV, the second MAV. Yeah. Not the MAV, whatever that thing is. The, that's uh, the drop ship. Yeah, yeah whatever yeah, that yeah, other yeah. rocket is, he's going to have to get out of Mars's orbit, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to catch him in mid-space. So he has to make it lighter. And that scene where they're talking oh, yeah. to Chewie Tell you Geo 4 is Vincent oh, yeah, Gore. So and they're like, we haven't even got to the best part. Like, we're gonna take the consoles out, we're gonna take the chairs out. Wait, you're gonna take the front of the ship off? You're gonna send me up in space in a convertible? Like, that shit's <laughs> really it's really well done. I don't know the science on that. Yeah, yeah. But at least it was fun. <laughs> the only thing that was going through my head is I that doesn't sound. They're like winging it, would work. it at yeah, this point. There's no way that would work. I don't work. know. You know what? A lot of the uh, a lot of the ver- uh, stuff on this movie says that's accurate. Well, that yeah. because of the thin atmosphere, mm-hmm. that he would have been okay. Now maybe he passes out like he does in the movie, right? But he theoretically would be okay. So when we when you boil it down to it, rockets are just a room that's on top of a bunch of jet propulsion, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You basically got a on chair, this planet. a yeah. chair on top of a missile, right? That's yeah, what yeah, are. that's what it is. Like Doctor Strange love, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in that scene when, you know, he's getting, he's all set up. You know, of course, he does that long journey. What was it? He drives for four hours, it takes out the solar the panels for like yeah, 12 yeah. hours, I think, yeah. he recharges. Yeah. It's a beautiful moment. Drives. By the way, great use of David Bowie's mm-hmm. song, Starman. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, some of that's really good. The, the soundtrack in it, I actually oh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I never have I liked music. ABBA as yeah. much as when I watched this movie. <laughs> no. But yeah, when he's, when he's finally all set up, he takes everything off of it. He drops the weight on it, and he's just sitting in there, and he's waiting for them to come get him or to launch the spaceship. You know, you feel the intensity of, oh, man, there's nothing, you know, around you. You're just going straight up in there and oh, yeah. if you get you know because of course you're stuck on this isolated planet 
But what's worse is if you fall out of there, something goes wrong. Now you're in deep space. Yeah, and yeah. When you had a chance to survive I on think the planet, you feel it. yeah, you it, feel it, it absolutely. It, you know, we'll get to when they meet at the very end. We could talk about the funny parts that happen there. But when the risk is there, I thought even though the space shots aren't super super good here, good enough where you feel like if they miss, he's gone. Yeah, know? it's so. uh, and. I mean, at that point, you just give up and you take off your helmet. And so, yeah, yeah. Let me do a shout out for the guy who did the score of the movie too. So obviously, the the there's a lot of disco music in it because Commander Lewis is Jessica Chastain loves disco and it's a big joke during the whole yeah, movie, yeah. which works. I think that joke <laughs> yeah, works. Oh, yeah. But the score was done by Harry Gregson Williams. He's very good. He's done Shrek. He actually did X Men uh, Wolverine Origins, oh. which I remember <laughs> way back in the day thinking that score is not bad for for a mediocre movie like that. So he has done a lot of Ridley Scott movies. <laughs> well, I, one thing I wanted to say is. I do like what they did in terms of because he's isolated, it still feels like he's part of the team. He's he's making all these jokes, these mm-hmm. jabs at the at the people that left him and all that. Michael Pena. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. When this he, is when one he, of those things that they talk about uh, just real briefly, the how you would feel if your crew left you behind. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he so immediately says, it's not your fault. I forgive you. It's not about that. I mean, maybe I would have done the same thing. There, you never have that tension there. But what I really like about the movie is the, that without even having them all together in one room, you get a sense of their dynamic immediately. It's so Just, quick. Yeah, no, so, I, because of yeah. Michael Pena, who's who great casting there by putting mm-hmm. him in there and having him crack the jokes. Yeah, and like turn the radios off. I can't take their stupid banter anymore. That stuff is really, really good. Yeah, and then when they're separated and when they're gone, like you can tell that they have good chemistry with one another because they're, he's making jokes about them even without them there, and the audience has a feel that oh yes, he really cares about the people that they, he was working with. Let mm-hmm. me ask you guys this because uh, I know it's the first time you guys watched it how did you feel about the decision that nasa makes to not tell the hermes crew for three months or something like right. that pretty good amount of time now six months it was actually six months i think right when i was watching it i thought the hermes crew was already back on earth oh when, really? yeah so i was oh, thinking okay. like how could they not know it's on worldwide news yeah and yeah. i felt like such a dumbass when they're just like cue into <laughs> them on the ship i'm like oh that's <laughs> why they don't know because they're in space <laughs> like they're not on earth but i felt like it was a pretty you know a messed up decision because they're flying back. We don't understand the logic of the other side on it. I, I, I'm uh, just curious. I understand why they did it. I thought it was a good idea. Vincent because- Kapoor and Jeff Daniels, um, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Terry Sanders both say don't tell them. Mm. Sean Bean's Mitch Henderson is like, you gotta tell them. Well, yeah. I, I agree with them because if they don't have a way of saving him, then what point is it going to do? It's just going to make them worry about him and like establishing yeah. uh, establishing communication with him and then having a rescue mission would be paramount. If you tell them mm-hmm. that, oh, he's still up there, then yes, they're going to feel the guilt. They're going to feel like, oh, we literally... They got to focus. We left him. Yeah. We left him to die, but now he's going to suffer and die. And I understand why they made mm-hmm. the decision that they did. Or maybe to prevent them from doing something crazy like turning the ship around or something like that, too. Yeah, so. which they end up doing. <laughs> <Which> they end <laughs> up doing. Well, not turning it around. But yeah. <laughs> so then it was, it was it a was valid like, yeah, argument. I mean, it was valid. Now that you say something about you like it. You like that so. part where Donald Glover Lovers, uh, Rich Purnell is like uh, he's like hi I'm or Jeff Daniels says hi I'm Teddy Sanders I'm the director of NASA oh yeah, yeah. who are you like, like, what's your name? Like, can you stand over there please can you hold the stapler I would think that he would know who that is yeah I, no when, actually when I kind of think that that character would not when Tyler brought it up I thought yeah that's not really necessary for him yeah, to have I like these it, it felt I like off. funny Donald Glover I like my community Donald <laughs> no, Glover more I agree than I like I like funny uh-huh. Donald Glover I used to listen uh, Lando Car- Carlissi and Donald Glover I, I watched 
watched him what was it uh Derek comedy when he was doing that stuff it mm-hmm. was hilarious if you haven't checked that stuff his out, timing is impeccable yeah, obviously it was, it's really good so. <laughs> uh even before he became a rapper and sure. all that or he was a childish famous, gambino yeah yeah he <laughs> was great on Derek comedy but there was a scene when he's in the server room of of nasa yeah, or whatever numbers and he has his computers connected into the server and i just thought it was a stupid scene where on the computer it says oh. calculations complete or something yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, let me i have it yeah calculations correct like, <laughs> all right there's no program that's gonna do that it's gonna say calculations correct on the screen in this big bold thing they did that specifically for the audience and i thought that was a stupid thing <laughs> wasn't it too they had it where it said like nasa supercomputer too it was a yeah, sign. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know that's what a supercomputer okay let's looks i like. want to i want to just get in a couple more things let's talk about when the crew decides when Sean Bean's Mitch Henderson character sends him up the secret Mm -hmm. uh, Rich Purnell maneuver, right? They have to make a decision. NASA said, we're going to just wait it out, send him the supply rocket. Sean Bean sends the information. Now they got to make a decision. Do we think that was an emotional moment when the crew decides, do we want to go save them? You know, like these are the Mm -hmm. risks. This is if, if the, if the uh, things mission critical, we all die. If we miss the rendezvous with the supply rocket, we die, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and then they all go through one by one. Michael Pena's like, I'm in, we're in, everybody's in. I thought it was a good moment. Oh yeah. 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 I agree that with that. It didn't feel cheap at all. One, the moment that I didn't like, though, when they do tell the crew that, that Matt is still alive. Oh, is it, it's Mark. Mark. Mark, Mark. Yeah, when Mark <laughs> is still alive, the reactions were kind of weird. That's one scene that I didn't like with all the emotion that was in all the other scenes and mm-hmm. really feeling it from the I actors. like the message that Mitch Henderson, the Sean Bean character, gives where he lets them process it. He's like, I'm, that's it. I'm going to tell it to you straight, and I'm going to let you guys process it. But yeah. I agree. Like, some of the acting yeah, some that of the was acting going on. There, it was really bad. It was a little bit, but but I don't know how mm. I would react, so I'm not sure how critical I could true, be. True, true, but there was very little reaction, and the, and the things yeah. that were said were kind of strange and delivered really weirdly. What did I, they say again after they found out he was alive? Uh, There's like, oh crap! I don't know. Commander I, Lewis, some, some Commander Lewis, says, okay. things, Commander yeah. Lewis basically says, "I left him." That was the yeah. important moment. Yeah. Everybody else was just like, "I can't believe he's still alive." Yeah, exactly. Him, yeah. It's one of those things that are like, weird. "I can't believe that he's still alive." The way that it was delivered and the thing that why would you? Think that, <laughs> but you know what? Real How life botan is still alive in space. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't know, that that didn't seem genuine. <laughs> it doesn't. But then you you juxtaposition it with when they can talk to each other again. NASA allows them to talk to the crew. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they put Michael Pena up there to uh-huh. talk to Mark Watney, and he's like, "I'm sorry, we left you on Mars, but we just don't like you very much." And it's just pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah still, no, that was great. You need got that comedy to keep things yeah, going. Yeah, you know? now, I loved it. I don't know if you guys felt this in the beginning when we kind of get first introduced to Jeff Daniels' uh, character. Yeah, where and they find out that he's alive and he's just like, well, he only has enough food for a certain he's amount of so days. Matter of fact, yeah, yeah. I was just for a second, I thought, oh, this is bad PR and they're just gonna let him die there. Mm-hmm. Like for a split yeah, second, yeah, I yeah. thought, are they gonna go in that direction? Because if they technically, did, yeah, I'm sure that option in in real life and, maybe, and in the movie, it's on the table. That's maybe an yeah. option that's on the table. Maybe I'm the douchebag. But he says he's gonna starve. Honestly, yeah. I thought that was what the case is in the moon landing. They had a precaution that 
these people might die and mm-hmm. the president this was released later had an address that would basically tell the US about what happened and all that yeah so uh, and again First Man it's not a great movie but that Damien Chazelle movie goes into a very just mm-hmm. periphery goes into that and I think that's important but they, there is risk here these yes, yes take exactly yeah. that's what I was going to say they, there's risk and they understand that they wouldn't have done it if they didn't know that they could potentially die and right. even in going up into the moon and stuff they were told that they know that and them this- themselves I think that's an important point the the Matt Damon talks about like I love what I do so yes. tell my parents mm-hmm. that I died doing something I love right these are astronauts obviously they know the risks they clearly uh, have waited out and right. said I'm gonna be you know someone who's gonna explore the universe I felt like we and, glossed and over that, that scene a little bit where he's taught or he's sending the message out about I, I talk to my parents. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Those, where it's just, it's such an emotional thing, you know, where he's yeah. there and he's kind of slowly. It's a fair point. But I think it. the way the movie is structured, mm-hmm. they don't ever let you linger too much on those moments. You're right. But they still worked for me. Mm-hmm. But even though what could have been a little What longer. I want to say about those scenes, the scenes where he lets his emotion out, the time where he first feels when isolation, he out, when, yeah, he, when he's going onto the ship and he's preparing to take mm-hmm. off so that they can do that whole crazy plan or whatever. The the time where he, um, I'm going to be the fastest man in space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I know what NASA's trying to do. Or the it time does sound pretty cool. <laughs> the time when he's he's talking, uh, telling the mm. the colonel or not the colonel, the commander to right. talk to my parents and stuff. Those scenes were really good because it's a good switch or mm. uh, contrast. Yeah. His and again, the editing is very clean. It's very cut to that he's on the horizon on Mars, writing to Commander mm-hmm. Lewis. Essentially, like I like the way it was cut, but it, it was a very vulnerable character mm-hmm. that he's portraying because all the other times you see him cracking up jokes he has this tenacity he wants to live he wants to survive and you feel good you say yes you you're you're what? you're fighting along with him but then when he reveals this vulnerability when he shows that he's scared or mm-hmm. he shows that something bad might happen it really allows the audience to feel it and that's why I think that Matt Damon mm-hmm. did a good job and just the pacing of the movie itself how it's written it really conveys that to the they, audience I hate to keep bringing it up but the Blu-ray has some extra features on the back end and one of those extra features is after the mission is over and everybody's returned to Earth there's a psychiatrist and ev- they're interviewing all the uh, shipmates mm-hmm. and uh, you get even more into their personality of mm-hmm. like uh, he they're asking him like how did you think you were going to die on Mars how did you survive and Matt Damon's making uh, Mark Watney characters making jokes about like how can Aquaman talk to the whales doesn't even make sense <laughs> whales are mammals like so you I think that uh. that that chemistry that cast and the way the mentality everybody's just a little bit off and a little bit mm-hmm. skewed they have a great sense of humor I, I think that just makes a lot of sense and, and they just make it so clear uh, mm-hmm. that you don't really question the the sadness of it all and the potential of death of it all they just keep moving they keep working even when the Hermes makes that weird stop and the trajectory is off they're too far apart they don't have the the tethered ropes they still okay we got 20 minutes let's figure it out everything is let's figure it out let's figure it out let's figure it out you know and I like the way that that was the the through line through the whole movie now I remember watching it and at the end when the captain decides to go out there to you know, go on the rope and to take it. I didn't Mark love that part because uh, the Winter Soldier. Either. I thought like he would be the expert. Yeah, right? I Why thought you was... just let him do it. <laughs> exactly. That that was my thinking too. I was like, well, isn't that his job to do that? And she's like, well, I'm not going to lose another crew member. And, and then I it slips it. through her hands. If I'm anyone... like, if Sebastian Stan was there, you know, he probably would have caught her. Like, just going to throw well, that out the there. The thing is, the thing <laughs> is, like, if she has to disconnect the tethered ropes, she wants to be the one that gets lost. Out yeah, there, not anybody else. Mm. But again, she's supposed to be the commander. I don't know. As a military guy, seems like she the person who does their job supposed to do their job. Yeah. Well. 
I, I I can see why she made that decision is because I still she, loved it. <laughs> she feels she feels guilty for yeah. leaving him the and first time. And when they crash together, so he wants to resolve moment. that. Yeah, yeah. And then she's bleeding on her lip or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That she was good. feels guilty about leaving him on there with nothing but disco music to oh, listen yeah. to. That is <laughs> the first thing he says to her. He's like, "You have terrible taste in music." It's yeah. a great moment. <laughs> and, and and it works. It definitely does work. Yeah. Hey, can I? Uh, that scene though, when he's preparing to go up, you know, he seems like a grizzly man. You know, you yeah. Know? When he's all, he has the beard and the all mirror, that, yeah. and he's super skinny. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a funny shot too. When no, that's a body double, right? That's yeah, gotta be. CGI. yeah, that's got I think it's CGI. A little bit of CGI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it, it was super skinny, and I like that little progression of this whole year process. So it gives the audience a clear timeline. But when he pulls out the razor, I was thinking you could have shaved this whole time, <laughs> and then when he's cutting his hair, he does such a great job. He, he looks looks pretty pretty good. Good. Yeah, <laughs> he got the, he got highlights going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was such a stupid scene. He's shaving, and then all of a sudden, baby smooth, you know, <laughs> and then a nice clean haircut. What happened? <laughs> Not only is he a, a scientist, a botanist, he's also a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at getting out of tough situations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you spend a year by yourself giving yourself your own haircuts. You probably get kind of good at. Yeah, it, I guess I mean. so. So, <laughs> speaking of that emotional scenes um, as well, that when he really breaks down, I think the biggest time I see him break down from what I would say is after he loses his potatoes and he's in the rover. Oh, yeah, yeah. he has to sleep that's in the, the rover that night. And I was going to ask, know, what did you think was the most emotional scene? I mean, that's clearly that's the That's that, one. I would oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He freaks so, out because alone. I think that's His, his hopes are so high. His yeah, hopes yeah. are so high at that moment. And then everything comes crashing mm-hmm. down and he has to restart. And yeah, you feel it. You definitely do. To, yeah. to your point earlier, Ryan, you had said that that cut between uh, Teddy Sanders talking about that's if nothing goes wrong and then it leads to the potato scene. Yeah, where it, it's a scene the, immediately it's after. It's immediately after, but I almost think like that's a choice that I thought worked. I, so few movies can convey uh, switch uh, switches of emotion mm-hmm. that quickly and still just keep on moving and make it work. I thought it was clean. Why I thought it was bad, because that, that foreshadowing should not have happened. I honestly thought that, because now it puts the audience in a position where, oh, something bad is going it's to Murphy's happen. Murphy's Law, yeah. come on. <laughs> but, but I think that the point of this movie isn't to focus on to dwell on the like the the risk and and the the thoughts of death and, and the suicidal we watch moon and stuff like that for oh for my the, god for that. moon yeah this is a movie about the celebration of what we do humanity comes together mm-hmm. to try to save one person no i agree that and is it worth it but so comparing it to the rest of the movie the subtlety is great when uh when everything goes up or the the potatoes explode, we talk about the next scene is him talking his to his commander saying, "Hey, can you talk to my parents?" There is no there's no in between, like kind of describing what's going on. It's 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 left blank because it leaves it into the minds of the audience, and it's very subtle. And they have other things that are very subtle with the joke of <laughs> of the Lord of the Rings with Sean Bean. That was very subtle, but this was very blatant. That oh, foreshadowing. But they have bad both, right? Happen. They have both. I remember there was a scene in the very beginning when Mark's character uh, takes the the thing in the chest or whatever, and he's not there. When the that Mav or that uh, rocket takes off, that one empty seat. It's just so quick. It's all of them right. sitting there except for the one. Yeah, yeah. There 
there are some subtle moments that give you, uh, you know, enough no, of that. And, and that, that's what I'm saying, though. It's the subtleties that uh, that I really enjoy in this movie, and they're able to make these subtle inferences really well. That one portion was very blatant. That yeah. was, was, and yeah. that's what I think it was a calculated decision by Scott, and and for for whatever reason, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed. It. To me, uh, Scott is better when he's sort of just matter of fact about it all. When he tries to get too highfalutin, like Prometheus and Alien Covenant, I think he fails a little mm-hmm. bit. That's why I think this is like the, his perfect scenario. And, and mm-hmm. I get it if it's in Jeff Daniels's character Terry Sanders that he has to be the logical and think of the worst case scenario. But I thought it would have hit harder because there is that level of hope. They're talking about all these things that they can do, and they know that he is able to survive if they just cut it there and not have that segment where he says that's a valid that's point. Nothing goes wrong. It would have hit just as hard or even harder because you're in that situation where everything looks good. Well, how, how about is, the, the moment that, high. based on that, how about the moment where Teddy Sanders and the Sean Bean character, Mitch Henderson, have the talk after he's given him the secret uh, Rich Purnell maneuver where he says, I'll have your resignation. Mm. We're, we're on the same team. I'm trying to keep NASA up in space and mm-hmm. you just did something that defied a direct order essentially and maybe put the risk of six people, uh, you know, put you know, obviously set a risk of possible death for those guys. So even if it works, you're going to be done. You canceled the safety inspections, man. Yeah. That's uh, you just cost you just They're cost a flawed, lot of right? money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it bounces it back. It bounces around a lot between that. But again, yeah, the get the the, the uh, Blu-ray has all these special features. You can go on YouTube and watch them too, where they really get into that particular decision as part of the marketing for the movie. And uh, I had never watched it before this particular mm-hmm. time uh, because we were going to do the podcast. And some of that stuff's really interesting. Uh, the dynamic between uh, Vincent Kapoor, Mitch Henderson. And um, Terry Sanders, and in the book, that is a is also a big piece of it. So, but maybe I'm the douchebag or whatever because I can see where uh, Jeff Daniels' character is coming from. I get he it. Wants, yeah. He wants to maintain that that the NASA will stay in good public light. So he's doing PR and he's mm-hmm. trying to make sure that they're not there's they're not showing the dead body of of Mark. Um, and when he skips the safety, I love that. By the way, yeah. that's a good decision. Yeah. I don't want to put the camera on because then everybody sees Mark's dead body. And right? Why when, would I want to show? When that? he skips the safety inspection, he's not risking anyone's life. Right. That person is already up there, and he has food. If this rocket doesn't make it, then he'll have to figure something They're, out and cut the rations even more. Yeah. Or whatever. Even even with those characters, and those are the three central ones when you're talking about on the ground. Although I love Kristen Wiig, and I still am a fan of the Donald Glover character, the Jeff Daniels, Sean Bean, and the uh, Chiwetel part where they say the evolution of how they've changed on their opinion mm-hmm. as this thing has gone on. That part where Chewy Tell is talking to Mackenzie Davis, uh, and she's saying, do you think he means... Are you effing kidding me? Oh, oh yeah, no. yeah. Are you effing kidding me? Like that, that was he a wouldn't have scene. done that in the that beginning. Scene, no. But as the movie goes along, he evolves into like, oh, I sort of get it. Like this is crazy. This whole thing is crazy. They and don't yeah. have emojis on that thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love upside that down frowny face. And it, it's a great Mackenzie Davis performance because she's so like matter of fact about everything. She's like, I think it's the first one. No, it's the second one. It's definitely <laughs> it's the second, second one. one. Maybe it's the first one. Like it's, the it's second good writing one. too. I feel yeah, bad. No. Drew Goddard really hasn't done anything uh, profound yet. I, I really like him. 
him. I hope he gets to make a movie someday. <laughs> I wonder what his version of this looks like. Can we, can uh, by we... the way, he's doing X-Force. I just want to throw that out for mm. uh, Goddard. I don't know if he wrote it, but he's directing mm-hmm. the X-Force Deadpool cable movie. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All and right. supposedly someday he'll do Sinister Six. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Technically, it's still in development. So. Can we talk about the, the arm thruster scene where he cuts uh, a, a I want to talk about this. I yeah. waited because we talk, we're ready to talk <laughs> about this. this Which is at, the very, so at the very at the end, end when the Hermes has to try to connect with Mark in mid-space. So yes. Mark launches up there and he they're, they're too oh, far apart. Yeah, so okay. he cuts Iron Man to right. yeah. so that so he can be like, Iron Man. We're going to go Iron Man, man. And this is great because uh, Matt Damon, not in a Marvel movie except uh, the Loki. Uh, Sebastian part. stands yeah, there. Sebastian yeah. Stan yeah. Is there. There's a lot of little things in there where they, they make fun of me. It's on the nose. But I thought it was just funny because when he started doing that and he can't control it I was thinking man I just saw that did you not see Iron Man what <laughs> that's, that's a part though I love the part when he cuts it open and he tries to do it even though she's like don't do it that's stupid that's dumb um, and he gets knocked back into the ship it's funny oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no it's great it really works because of just, course it's not going to work perfectly yeah yeah <laughs> the I only just... weird thing is after they catch him I feel like the he doesn't he, his hand is open yeah and he's not going anywhere yeah, the yeah. pressure of his suit's bad so what's going on there but, but whatever <laughs> I was just thinking about Robert Downey Jr. flying around hitting a wall and then all of a sudden a robotic arm hits him with a, with <laughs> oh. a fire extinguisher <laughs> I, I like that part because what he uh, when Commander Lewis is like I don't see how that's a good plan at all Mark all these things can go wrong he's like yeah those are all good points but I'd get to fly like Iron Man yeah. like it is just smart and clever you I know? Mean, he's been living on this planet where everything that could go wrong he has been going wrong so. he's ready to go for yeah. it he's basically just ready to go for he's it he's gotten Even, good at improvising yeah. so <laughs> and, and i think it it's it, it's not out of place because they've developed his character yes. enough that's so when important. he was talking about being a captain or no a pirate when he's yeah. being a pirate and then he's making all these jokes about his crew and all that they developed this character that he's going to laugh in a situation of of tense suspense, mm-hmm. and it works. Yeah, and they and built up to it. By it. the way, that's another point when they talk about the space pirate thing that he talks about. It's a great joke when you're on the ground again, and Chewie tells character Vincent Capor is trying to explain it to the Mindy Park character, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh no, no, no! He already explained it to me. I get why he's a space pirate. <laughs> like that's good. It's very yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah. It works really well." <laughs> now I, I got this. I don't know if you guys got it at the very end after they. You know, mm-hmm. retrieve him, and they're on the ship. Beck, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan, Sebastian yeah. Stan, yeah. yeah. He starts acting weird. Did you guys get that feeling that he was acting weird, like uh, standoffish, or? Well, they do have that comment where mm-hmm. he smells, which I thought was funny. Oh yeah, yeah, but, that's uh, true. I don't know, but yeah, it, rewatch it again. I don't know if I'm the only one that that picked it up on it, but it seemed like. He had this weird apprehension about him that he didn't want to do the, the the rescue mission, or that he just wanted to stay away from Matt Damon as if he hated him. I, I don't well, know. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, when uh, the captain, she's the one who wanted to keep on looking, and yes. Sebastian stands. He's the one, the who, one says, who says, "Basically, you have to come back in here. I just lost my friend. I don't want to lose my captain correct, too, yeah. as well." Yeah, yeah. Because they elaborate on that in the book, but I don't yeah. think there's anything underlying in the book, if I recall. Yeah, because so. I mean, and at that point, it's like, well, Sebastian stands right. You know, there's not a very high chance that he and, survived that. And yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't mention her, but that, that Kate yeah. Mara Sebastian Stan romance thing. Actually, I thought it kind of worked when uh, Beth Johansson is. Uh, she has a little thing with the Sebastian Stan character, yeah. and she kisses him on the thing, and she's like, "Don't tell anybody I did that." Yeah, I don't yeah. Know, that was kind of cute. Kind of worked. It, it was cute. It, it didn't add anything. And to then the at story, the end, though. during the end credits, they show them with the baby. It so didn't it add out. anything to this. Yeah. You could have just taken <laughs> no, that whole part out and I do like the romance. romance. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I. I 
if you for the audience go ahead watch the ending again just that portion and let me know does does sebastian stan is it stan sebastian stan yeah. yeah sebastian stan does he seem weird at the end he just seems very standoffish from the rest of the crew right when they he's mad him. that commander lewis didn't let him have his uh, moment in the sun <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was his one job he didn't get to do it <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> all right guys well any other final thoughts as far as spoiler section goes on this movie i one thing i want to say I do like the prologue at the end when they're showing all the different advancements. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a couple of years later, and now you're Michael seeing Pena goes at. back up with the yeah, uh, yeah. Chinese crew member, which is cool. Yeah, and and you see where they're at, and I think that's great. The only thing that I didn't like was that speech. The speech, the message of the speech, it's not was, amazing. Yeah, the message of the speech was great, but the speech itself was terrible. So I wanted before we close out, I did want to say, did you like the cut of after they save them, they get in the ship, they're only they spend a couple beats on the ship real mm-hmm. quick uh, and then they cut to him at the uh, presumably what is that the NASA University or yeah, something whatever. yeah did you think that was a good decision should we have lingered and spent some more time or no That's I don't think cut. it's needed yeah I don't think it's needed I just wasn't sure if it was a time jump or how far or how far ahead I mean, they he's jumped got, ahead he looks, he's got, he looks older yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then Michael Pena and still he, an he astronaut. leans down and he sees the little bud like he saw when he grew those potatoes yeah, out of his it. own poop so, so yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good choice on Ridley Scott's like, I think so too yeah, because the book doesn't end like that it, exactly and I thought that was an interesting choice the pacing throughout the movie was great like, again and uh, for them to linger on in the space station was not needed. I agree. Or or linger on to the idea that they had like another hundred something days mm-hmm. to get back to Earth too. So. I thought it was five hundred. Whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever it was. Five, oh, it's yeah. an additional five hundred days round trip. They so. use the souls. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, if you guys could replace Matt Damon, who would you replace him with? Mm. Right. So this has been talked about before, and and this is uh, an interesting question. I, I think that at some point DiCaprio was in the really? oh, okay. of the okay. conversation. All right. I and can, I think I if he's in it. This is a totally different movie. Uh-huh. I actually think this is the rare case where it you can't do it. Right. You mm. cannot replace Matt Damon's like his his weird charm and his weird sense of humor uh works so well for this source material. I don't think anybody else could have done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get Daniel Day Lewis, he won't get out of that Ooh, suit. Yeah. I'll stay in that, I'll stay uh, in that a, thing for days. Give me a name and challenge me. <laughs> Tell me who pulls this off. I um, would, I would like to see. I have, under the Scott direction with the same tone. If we're keeping the same tone, well, who it, could do it? No, I just, I don't know if they can do it, but I would like to see Tom Cruise try to do that. <laughs> no, no, that's you guys... one that like I, I just think his persona is too weird. Damon doesn't have that kind of persona, so <laughs> I don't think I think that gets in the way here. You guys got it all wrong. Macaulay Culkin, uh, I'm alone again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then aliens try to make it into Mars. I thought you were going to say Tom Hanks, and actually, yeah, maybe. Oh, you know? oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Tom Hanks was a little, a little too old, old, a little too old now, right now. But Maybe Kevin Bacon? Could you me, see him do something Give me Macaulay Culkin. Another one I have, who was the guy that was supposed to be Superman? But it, Matt yeah. Bomber. Arnie Ar- 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 Hammer? No, 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 no. From, uh, he's a crazy guy. Um, oh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. He couldn't do this. I would have loved to see either Tom Cruise or Nicolas Cage. <laughs> do it and man I think it would have just been gold I don't think it would be a good movie but I thought it would be gold that's a whole nother episode just Nicolas Cage by himself oh I'm yeah, yeah. You, what, what is the name of, what is the name Superman Lives was gonna be the movie right yeah. uh, mm. with Christopher Walken but what's that documentary Mark Miller I think was that documentary about yeah. that movie is so good they've that, almost the, oh it's so yeah. good yeah they've almost done that a bunch of times with Justice League and, yeah. you know there's well, a time George Miller, George Miller yeah, had the George Justice Miller, League take so. on it so alright 
So, any other final thoughts? Or are we good to go in the ratings? Oh, I do want to say if, just a few more things. The uh-huh. movie was nominated for seven Oscars, right? Matt okay. Damon's nominated for Best Actor. I think it was the third time he was nominated. He did mm-hmm. not win, although I was pulling for him. Anybody know who did win? DiCaprio, DiCaprio oh, for The Revenant. The Revenant? Oh, okay. So they, oh, he oh, who almost okay. really got the role beat him heads up in The Revenant. And I was pushing for Damon, but I guess. Uh, <laughs> Drew Goddard is only nomination for writing. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture. Anybody know who won Best Picture that year? In 2015? Yeah. It's only a few came years out in ago. 2015. Yeah. I don't know, man. Spotlight, which I love that movie. Oh, but I remember okay. saying at the time, Michael Keaton, I'll, right? Michael and, Keaton. Um, yeah, it's a great, God, great movie uh, about Mark the Boston Ruffalo. Globe yeah. and the and the Catholic Church and the mm-hmm. priest scandal. Um, I remember thinking at the time, like I, I think Spotlight's the best movie, right? But if The Martian wins, I'm going to be super happy. Uh, so this movie did get some accolades. Uh, Damon does win the Globe. Scott wins the uh, Globe, the Golden Globe for director, and the movie wins best musical or comedy Golden Globe, which again is one of those weird things where they split the categories yeah so it's drama than music. and and i remember they win and ridley scott's like i didn't know we were a musical or a comedy but all right <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny that it fits into that box yeah. so, and i think good movies do that where they can be multiple things at the same time this is just such easy pleasurable viewing that it gets to be a bunch of different things at one time mm. so right. i can see that yeah it. fun ride as far as ratings i would give it eight poop potatoes out of ten. That's high. So, I'll take it. it was a fun ride. There's a couple of little holes in it, but you know what? Because it's fun and yeah. it moves fairly, fairly quick, especially for a two and a half hour movie. You know what? It makes it enjoyable. $108 million dollar budget to $630 million worldwide, mm. by the way. Oh, nice. So pretty clean budget for Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Cheaper I, than Prometheus. <laughs> and, and for the audience out there, I'll let you guys determine who picked this movie this week, right? <laughs> so if you, can, if you can figure it out, I'm glad you guys watched us. it. If you had never seen it before, I think it was a good transition from some of the other stuff we've done. For me, actually, I matched Tyler. I would say eight Nissan Pathfinders. Eight times. Yeah. 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 I thought it was really yeah. good. Yeah. I thought it was I really feel good. vindicated, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so on my blog back in 2015, I had Spotlight at seven and a half, Steve Jobs at seven and a half, uh, the Big Short at seven and The Martian at seven. Those were my top four. This movie is more rewatchable than all of those. Mm. Maybe I bumped The Martian to seven and a half. My hot take on this issue, on this particular movie, is this is Ridley Scott's best film. And mm-hmm. I have some friends that are very ride or die with Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. Alien, Gladiator, American Gangster, Prometheus, mm-hmm. Legend, Blade Runner. That's a good list. Louise, <laughs> White Squalls, a movie I like in 96. So he's got good movies. And I've always said he's a good director. Does he make my top 10? Eh, he might be at the bottom mm-hmm. or right there on the cusp. <laughs> For him, this is his best thing he's ever done. He's got Gladiator 2 coming out. I think that's a horrible mistake. He's going to focus <laughs> Why? on the son. I know. He's going to focus on the son of Connie Nielsen and show Russell Crowe in flashbacks or something. I, I think it's... He ha, he has made some questionable decisions. Yeah. Even the Alien and Alien We'll, we'll say that in a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about it yeah, a little yeah. bit later. But my hot take on this is... This is a movie that uh, marries a great script, because I don't like it when he's too involved in the script, Mm -hmm. with his talents of making a blockbuster, sci-fi, smart sci-fi, and that basic, uh, that basic, like, testament of we can do more together than we can do uh, apart. We are not so divided. If we come together, we can achieve great things like bringing Mark Watney home. Mm. So that, coupled with the marketing campaign of this movie and stuff, just so rewatchable. Do yourself a favor, go go see this movie. Do you think he half-assed the directing? He's just like, Oh, whatever, I'll just do this. And he's like, oh, okay, I want a globe. All yeah. right. <laughs> Save me, Matt Damon. Do your ass, dude. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. We've got mail. So we actually asked some of our listeners to send some sort of alien or some sort of Ridley Scott or outer space question. So I have a question here from Chase. So have any of you recently seen Alien Covenant, and what did you think? 
Also, do you think some director some directors should pass their significant properties on to other directors, like Ridley Scott, for example? And also, just kind of a subpart: which franchises do you think should die? Also, you should cast John Cena as the Invisible Man in the Dark Universe. <laughs> wow, wow. Chase, really? So, Cena as the Invisible Man? <laughs> Real quick, uh, thank you, Chase. the lead there. <laughs> thank you, Chase, for sending in your email. And if you would like to send in an email as well, you can do so at talkingflick at gmail dot com. Talkingflick yes, at gmail dot com. Right there. So. <laughs> All right, guys. So, Alien, did you? I, I'm imagining you didn't see Alien Covenant, Ryan. So, well, I've seen them all. I've seen every Alien movie if that's ever been made. Year 2000 and earlier was my wheelhouse. This was you can probably infer 2015, <laughs> I think, or 2016. Uh, was Alien Covenant, Covenant is like 2017 or something. I'll look like that. It up. No, I'll yeah, answer yeah, your so. question. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was very disappointed with it. Same with the Prometheus. Um, it's just, you know. It fell flat. That's really what it is, and it's Ridley Scott, and you know, there's a lot of franchises out there that probably should die that have been going on for too mm, long. Yeah. We talked a little about earlier. I said Terminator. There hasn't <laughs> been a good Terminator movie since Terminator 2. Even James Cameron, you know, he endorsed Terminator Genesis, which mm. ended up being not good at all. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, they look good. I'll give them that. The uh-huh. Alien Covenant and the Prometheus movies look beautiful. Oh, yeah. Fassbender... Like, I remember, I forget his name, Lance Henkerson or whatever, who play, ever played uh, the android in the original Oh, I, I don't yeah. remember, but yeah. yeah but he's, he's really good, and they re- repeat that in the Prometheus and Covenant movies. They look beautiful. The ship looks beautiful. Scott can do sci-fi. I love Blade, the original Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and I even like the uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, sequel that they just made. A lot mm-hmm. of people didn't love that one. I liked it. So he's capable of making great movies, but... His he needs to pass it on. Right is my thought on it. I mean, because he just cannot. They did focus. a Blade Runner too, and that other Blade Runner turned out really well. I uh, mean, you know, I have a hot take on that too. Maybe it's better <laughs> well, than the original. I that one. Oh boy! <laughs> now, who who was the one that did the design of the aliens? Oh, it was. Uh, oh my god, I'd have to look it up. It was like a different collaboration of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a collaboration. So, of a lot but of it's based people. on the artwork off of Aliens. Like it's really good. Oh yeah, and yeah, no, and that, that's what I was getting at. Like it looks great. That's the only thing that I can add to this conversation because I did not see. <laughs> well, well, we talked about it. Uh, you know, it's not directly related to Chase's question, but if if you take The Martian off the list, what is Scott's best movie? What do you have as his best movie? I would probably say either the first Alien. Right. Um, Hard gosh. to not ignore that one. Black gonna, Hawk Down. I give I mean, a lot of shouts to that movie. That's yeah, a good Black Hawk, movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, yeah, I have. And again, that's a book, a very popular book by mm-hmm. Mark Bowden, I think, and a, and a good execution of that book in that movie. So, well, you got one producer, Ryan. Do you like Scott? I mean, when you think about Alien, Gladiator, American Gangster, Prometheus, Matchstick Men, I always liked that one. I thought it was a good mm-hmm. one. Uh, Thelma and Louise, Legend, Blade Runner. Yeah, I'm pulling. I'm looking at his IMDb right now. I mean, Alien, all the is... money in the world. He just did that, one. that was pretty shitty. That I, I feel like with the Alien Covenant Prometheus, he tried taking it to a different direction, and it just wasn't the first one. With anybody. He takes it way out and there. It's like, just. Everyone wants to see, you know, the xenomorph and everything, but now there's all these different, you know, subplots, the Decamore, yeah, you know, there's all yeah. these different ones that they had. My biggest problem and, with Prometheus was there were those ge- uh, geologist scientists that immediately yeah. get lost and start flicking at aliens and, and some <laughs> weird planet, and the idea that they're just going to crash land on a planet that just like, well, we have this plan that we're supposed to go yep. to this other planet, but well, let's go to this one, you know, like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Covenant and Prometheus, they're beautiful looking, but they nothing are beautiful. movies. I yeah, them, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful looking yeah. with nothing going on, you I know. Agree. Nothing under the hood. So, I agree. Uh, for the person who designed the alien monster is H.R. Geiger, I think it is. Or oh, yes, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. I, was, I don't it's think I'm saying design. that right. But oh, yeah. yeah. But it looks real good. And that's just another example of lightning in a bottle, I guess you could say, where everything kind of came together for that. I mean, just the design do, well, of it. Do you want to see like a Jordan Peele alien movie? Do you want to see 
you know, a, Den- a Denny Villeneuve. It uh, needs some time to breathe. That's yeah, what I yeah, would say. Yeah. It needs breathing room. So that leads it... to Chase's next question, right? Yeah. What's a franchise that needs to die? Oh, man. There's Transformers. A lot. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, immediately when you got into that portion of the question, I was thinking a bunch of horror movies, like the Saw franchise. Needs oh, to die. oh, yeah, that's right. They did yeah, come yeah. out the new uh, one. Let it go. They have a lot of conjurings. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, But... Wait, Fast and Furious is done, though, right? It's no, no, they're oh, going. They're not. Are you oh my goodness! Are you about making that for forever, okay, man. Then I'm gonna put my my hat in for either Saw or uh, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> they need to end it, at Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, a, a hot take again. Um, I'm gonna say Bond. I Bond, think it's time. Him. I think it felt Spectre felt tired. Mm-hmm. I think that you could do side characters and some prequels where he's a periphery character or something. But as I think time the times they are a changing, I just right. don't think that character works as well anymore. And I think mm-hmm. it might be time to let it go. I think with Bond and difference between like Alien, you know, the Alien franchise and Terminator is I think Bond, you could let it die and then reamp it up again a after, long yeah, breath, after yeah. some a amount of time. Breath, but yeah. Alien Covenant and just I would say definitely with uh, Terminator, there hasn't been a good one since yeah. Terminator Two, which is right. what nineteen ninety. Anyone know off the top of the head? Uh, 92? Yeah. 92, 94. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. And, so- <laughs> and again, just for the record, uh, Terminator Two, James Cameron, James right? Cameron. Ridley Scott passes over Alien, Alien to James Cameron, James yeah, Cameron. for Alien. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's like when you give somebody a fresh take, you get but something different and something fun. Do you think they're just done? You know, Ridley Scott, James Cameron, know. Steven Spielberg, just because, you do, know... Do they have to do anything more, though? Exactly. They want <laughs> yeah, to, but it's... I, I agree. They shouldn't, know, they shouldn't feel pressure. They should wait for the right vehicle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Spielberg let me down a little bit with Ready Player One. Yeah. It was fine, but not great. They've had their time. Scott, do we want Scott to do Gladiator no. too? I mean, do we Why? anybody want to see that? <laughs> no, I'd rather watch the first Gladiator. I don't like, get Ridley <laughs> Scott's uh, logic there. Yeah. But going back to Bond... I, I do wish it doesn't have to be Bond, but I do wish that they went back to that classy spy noir sort of mm-hmm. feel because they yeah. did. They did. Uh, what is that? Kingsman. Kingsman yeah. was yeah, Kingsman. was yeah. more fun was a, version. Yeah, was that. a more fun homage to it, well, or but, the or the gritty Bourne style, which mm-hmm. I sort of like too. Well, but the thing is, Bond has kind of moved away from that whole spy sort of or genre. Mission Impossible. Technically, Ethan Hunt is like. The American James Bond, right? I, yeah, I, but it, it, it focuses... Tom Cruise is a madman. <laughs> I feel like it focuses more on the... What is that? The, the action as opposed to, like, you know, the political exchanges right. as well as the stealth and yeah. trying to deal with uh, the underbelly. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see something like that brought back. It doesn't have to be Bond, but if they take another original IP and How make it... How about an original piece? I mean, mm-hmm. The Martian, we, we which we talk about today... This is one of those things that was a book. The book came out. The movie was bought. It all happened very, very fast from when the book actually took off, got published to where the script was written and the movie was put out. Uh, I remember Matt Damon in one of these segments talking about this movie is I picked up the script and it felt really original to me and you don't see a lot of original stuff out there. So that's why I wanted to do it. (laughs) We need some more of that. Mm -hmm. Somebody come up with the new James Bond. It doesn't, you know, something else. It was Kingsman. (laughs) No, no, but that's what I'm saying though, that what Bond was kind of evolved into what it is now. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see that back to its roots of that original genre uh, because they don't do that anymore. That, Mm -hmm. that idea of this classy spot that has all these gadgets because it doesn't work really that's eh. not what spying is today so that's that's why I feel it's tired Mm. let me ask you this question The Matrix if it came back would you be let it die let, <laughs> let okay. it stay dead. All right, I never let asked it, that before. Let it, so stay, let it stay Ryan, dead. Ryan, what do you think? <laughs> it's, 
No, yeah, I think it, it doesn't need to. Yeah, they were. To it. Let it, let they were talking lie. about that. Michael B. Jordan coming to do yeah. a uh, Morpheus like there's, prequel type yep. of thing. There's some in development. Oh, well, it's, a, it's at least a prequel. I don't yeah, know where they're going to go from. No, there. I think it's an extent extension. Of it's the an extension. I I, yeah. Let it die. That's what I would say. <laughs> Just let it die. Don't come. I'm back not so to sure it. on that one. I'm not so sure on that one. All right, so I think we're ready to wrap it up, guys. Any final thoughts as far as the movie goes in general? Ratings. I'm glad this was one I forced upon you guys. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was a good movie. And honestly, if you haven't watched it already and you listen it. to us, yeah, go see it. Even if you know the spoilers, it's pretty A to B. It's a fun ride. Uh-huh. And go down, download some David Bowie music. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe not disco, but... <laughs> All right. So we'll just move into plugs. Uh, Ryan, where can we find you at? Uh, if you like listening to my voice, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. It's a D&D real play role play podcast with the fifth edition system. Me and a couple of friends, we get together. It's a collaborative storytelling podcast. We play the game. We release it out onto the internet. And it's a lot of fun. So if you're into to swords and sorcery and all that fantasy come check us out again it's dragon questicles you can find us on itunes or wherever you get podcasts uh if you just want to follow me you can find me at ryan underscore dot com that's ryan with an i underscore d-o-t-c-o-m and that's both on twitter and instagram mm-hmm. and we'll I, have a link in the description too so and uh, thank Nick, you thank you for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i write a blog i've had it for quite some time now since 2009 tsa there you can get the top 10 movies of the year uh as well a bunch of other stuff a bunch of movie reviews are out right now I may re-review The Martian after this podcast I haven't decided yet um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Real Watch I just kind of started on there so go easy on me <laughs> of course Talking <laughs> Flick on Anchor on Stitcher on iTunes if you're going to rate us rate us on mm-hmm. iTunes we appreciate that and certainly leave comments and let us know what direction you want us to go yep absolutely so if you guys have any questions recommendations or you just want to chat with us in general send a tweet out uh, it's Flick underscore Talking on Twitter at talking flick at gmail as well as instagram and like nick said if you want to support us hey we have a patreon link too as well in the description if you want to help keep the lights on and once again leave a review and apple's the big one to go tweet us tweet us who could replace matt damon there you go all right ryan can you finish it off with that thing i like that you say all right (laughs) that was talking flick and we will talk at you next week yeah take care guys